Hey, hey, good morning, everybody. Merry Christmas. All right, yeah, that's what y'all sound like. Merry Christmas. Okay, there we go. I don't know if y'all are quite ready for Christmas yet or not, but ready or not, here it, it's here. It, it's here already. So uh, this morning, I got a few announcements uh, as we get ready to prepare to sing and worship the Lord. And I uh, want to thank y'all for being here. First of all, uh, today, um, if you're a visitor, first time, first time in a long time, if you haven't gotten a card or anything, uh, raise your hand. But um, on the way here, just a second, we got a couple of guys who are going to be passing out some Christmas ornaments for everybody uh, to have. And so it's just our little thank you for saying thanks for coming today. So uh, those guys got a couple baskets. And so make sure you get your Christmas ornament today. Um, y'all can pass those out whenever. Y'all can start the front, back, side to side, throw them out, whatever you want to do. <laughs> They'll get them. They'll get <laughs> but uh, thank you guys and Merry Christmas, and uh, we're grateful to be able to worship the Lord today. Um, a couple quick things, all right, just to remind you, today there is no nursery or children's church. However, if you do need the nursery because either, you, either you're crying, spouse is crying, kid's crying or something, you need to go to nursery, the nursery is available, right? We got, we got folks that can direct you there. Um, but we wanted to give all of our volunteers who work very hard and, and oftentimes miss a lot of service time um, for, for volunteering. Um, we wanted to give them the day off, and then right after service today, we're going to uh, go out this door, that door, we're all going to go that way, all right, and we're going to herd on out there, and we're going to go to the fellowship hall and have a good time and have our fellowship meal and everything, and so I'll, we'll dismiss from in here to go out there afterwards, but you've got to get through singing and preaching and all that good stuff first, but uh, thankful out there too, you'll see we do have a photo booth for you if you want to take selfies or have folks take your picture for you, we can do that. And then we'll also be having our ugly Christmas sweater contest out there. Some of y'all look like y'all came to win, by the way. All right. I'm not going to point any, uh, any at anybody in particular, but there's a few of y'all that got, got those ugly sweaters going on. I promise I do have one, but it is too ugly to preach in. So y'all see it out there. All right. Because if I, if I preached in it, then either all y'all would get right with God or all y'all would run. I don't know which one would happen. So we... I don't want to risk, but we're going to have it on out there and uh, looking forward to that uh, fellowship time. Um, as well, we're finishing up our Nehemiah Wall Builders Prayer Initiative, all right? But we need some more folks to sign up the next couple weeks. And I'm issuing a challenge as well. The last week, and we're going to have this in bulletin next week, the last Monday through Friday of our initiative, every morning at 9 o'clock, you can meet right in here, and I will have these doors open, and you can pray with me, all right? Either way, I'm going to pray every morning, the last week of this initiative, 9 o'clock in the morning, in this sanctuary, all right? So if you want to come, you come. The door will be open uh, for you to join. And uh, then there'll be another part that we're going to add into it uh, next week. Uh, we want to really challenge and really incorporate this prayer uh, into the new year and ask the Lord for His guidance, for His help. Uh, but God has been answering prayers, and I believe He's going to continue to do so. Um, a couple other things. This Wednesday, all right, no Tuesday night service, all right? So it, Tuesday night is going to be Wednesday night. If you come Tuesday night for service, you'll be here by yourself. You will have a great time, all right? It'll be one. But come Wednesday night, all right? Wednesday night at 6.30, we're going to be having a very special candlelight Christmas service, and I promise you don't want to miss it. It's going to be a, a wonderful time. And as well, after that service, uh, we'll have a cookie social. So bring some cookies to share. Uh, we'll have some homemade hot chocolate, and there might be coffee, water. There'll be something, all right? Come. Uh, and uh, have a good time with that. But um, then as well, a couple other things. Uh, as we're already getting ready to start the new year, um, we've got to let you know of a couple things. First of all, 
uh, the first Sunday of January of the new year, the second um, will be our Vision Sunday. And uh, so that Sunday, it's going to be all about where the Lord has taken us, where the Lord's about to take us, and what God's doing. And it's just going to be simply coming to Him and trusting Him uh, by faith for our future. Um, And then as well, the following Sunday um, will be our annual business meeting, Bah Humbug. Right, we got to get through it. So uh, we got to give you notice and all that fun stuff. So uh, keep these things down your calendar. But we're looking forward to what God is doing. We're not going to stress about a single thing because God's good. He's on the throne. He's in control. He was with us the past two years. He's going to be with us the past two thousand years, two million years, two billion years, and so on and so forth. We're here to worship the Lord, and I firmly believe, as a wise man said this week, if we keep Jesus first, we keep Jesus central. God will take care of everything else. And that's what we're going to do. All right. Uh, Let's go ahead this morning and let's pray. Let's ask God to bless our time, bless this service. And then we'll stand and we'll lift our hearts to the Lord. And we're going to worship Christ that he has come to die for sinners like you and me to offer us eternal life. And we get to sing of that wonderful joy and peace and love that we can know today. Let us pray. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time. We thank you for this day. Lord, grateful for every heart that is here and every home that is represented. God, I pray that you would bless each person that is, that is here today, God. Meet the needs of their heart, Lord. There's, there's many who are struggling today, God. Even though it's Christmas, their hearts are hurting. They're going through tragedies or, or difficulties or, or, or just their spiritual walk is struggling, God. I pray that today, that through the power of your word, through the power of your spirit, that you would reach down and touch their hearts, change us. Lord, help us, guide us, direct us, Lord. I pray, God, that our hearts would be focused on you today, and God, that we would worship you in spirit and in truth. Lord, today we wouldn't care about uh, being polished or being perfect, but today we would uh, be caring the most about having our hearts being given over to you. God, I pray that everything that we say and do today would bring you glory and honor. And Lord, I pray that today, uh, that if there is one who doesn't know you as Lord and Savior, that you would save them. Lord, if there's one who is, is struggling or, or needs conviction or, or just needs encouragement, whatever the need might be, God, that you would meet that need. Lord, help us to praise you now and honor you in all things. And we ask all this in Christ's name. Amen. Can you hear me now? Oh, good morning. Uh, before we get started in uh, in song this morning, uh, I do have something I'd like to give out. And no, it's it, it's not the uh, the gift for the ugliest sweater that I haven't even seen yet. But uh, on behalf of the church, come on up, Pastor Joe and Cammy, come on out. Uh, we'd like to present you all with a card with a little something in it. And uh, if, if you get a chance, tell them how much you appreciate them and what they're doing, what they're going to continue to do, and how they serve the Lord as we follow them, but we appreciate you all so much. Let's give them a hand. Thank you, brother. Don't spend all that money. All right. We love our pastor and appreciate him. And uh, we love y'all and appreciate y'all, all all y'all, everyone. No one's left out of that love, amen. Praise the Lord. Well, if you're able, please stand as uh, we sing hymn number 258, Go Tell It on the Mountain. Luke 2.17 says, When they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying concerning this child. 
this child, the Lord Jesus Christ. as we continue in singing worthy of worship revelation 411 rightly says thou art worthy to receive glory and honor and power worthy of worship worthy of worship worthy of praise worthy
Give a hearty amen on that. Amen. Micah 5 2 says, Bethlehem, out of there shall he come forth unto me, that is to be ruler in Israel. Speaking of the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ, O little town of Bethlehem, hymn number 250. Oh, little town. speak to everyone. Good to have you all here. You may be seated. Okay, now we have some special music now. This is going to be a real, real treat. This is a husband and wife tag team here. <laughs> Brother Tony, we appreciate them and it's good to have you too, sister. Good morning. Merry Christmas. I've been trying to get her to come up here and sing with me for a while, but uh, Cammie just asked her one time and she come the first time, so I'm going to have to take lessons off of her. I might fall over, though. You can come sing with us. Well, we got one more now. <laughs> you gonna help us sing? Yes. <laughs> yes. We're looking for the king, the new Messiah. 
following the star shining bright. Oh man, won't you help us if you can? He shook his head, but he pointed his hand. There's a new kid in town. And he's lying in a manger down the road. There's a new kid in town. And he's just another baby, I suppose. Heaven knows. There's a new kid in town. Here in Bethlehem. See you traveled far, bearing treasures. You say these gifts are for the new king's pleasure. Well, I've heard that a king might come. Until now, there hasn't been one. There's a new kid in town, and he's lying in a manger down the road. There's a new kid in town, and he's just another baby, I suppose. Heaven knows. Kid in town here in Bethlehem. There's a new kid in town, and he's lying in a manger down the road. There's a new kid in town, and he's just another baby, I suppose. Heaven knows there's a new kid in town here in Bethlehem. Yay! Yay! You gonna help mommy do one?
Appreciate that. I need to correct something I said. We had a tag team match, but we had a trio, I believe, instead of a tag team there. We appreciate that. Amen. Love little children. Okay, uh, we're going to have a little prayer right now before we start our next song. So I asked you to bow with me and pray to the Most High God. Dear Father in heaven, we love you. Because you first loved us. We thank you for the privilege and honor to be here to worship the one who is worthy. And that's you, Lord. Thank you for all you do for us. Thank you most of all for dying for us on the cross of Calvary. Thank you, Lord, for just being so holy and righteous and pure and innocent and good. Thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you, Lord, for this place we can assemble together and meet. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we ask, Lord, that you'd uh, receive our worship here this day. We ask, Lord, that you'd bless our pastor, fill him with your spirit, and, uh, Lord, anoint him and give him a fresh uh, anointing, Lord, and just give him power from on high and use him, Lord, in a great way this morning as your mouthpiece. And may we all, through the hustle and bustle of this Christmas season, Many distractions. We ask, Lord, right now that you would remove all distractions and, Lord, help us to center on you. Look to Jesus 
and be attentive to the message that you have for us through our pastor. And Lord, we'll be faithful to give you all the praise and honor and glory for all that's going to be accomplished here today. In Jesus' name, we ask and pray all things. Amen. Okay, if you're able, please stand. Luke 2.8 says there were shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. Silent night, holy night. Let's give him a nice hand. Appreciate that this morning. <clears throat> Appreciate you guys. Wasn't it nice? I don't know if anyone else caught it just to, just to keep singing, but to kind of look around for a second and just to listen. It's nice, isn't it? It's nice when people of God sing about the God who has come to deliver us. That's what we're supposed to do. And by the way, that's what we do here every Sunday. And uh, I hope you know that. I hope you uh, understand that. that. That's why we're gathered here. 
Uh, that, we're not just here for a show. We're not here for professionalism by any means. We're here because of something very beautiful that took place today and has taken place the past few weeks. I don't know if anyone else has caught. The past three weeks, there have been parents and children and spouses together singing praises to God. You know what that means? That means that what has taken place is the exact design of what God had ordained long, long ago. That He designed for man and wife to come together to procreate, to teach their children, and to raise them up in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. Not so that they would just color pictures of Noah's Ark and say that they took them to church on, on Christmas and Easter, but rather to teach them Christ. And it teaches them what it means to serve Christ. That was beautiful. Thank you guys very much. And, and everyone else the past few weeks. It's, it's wonderful to see. Because what this is and what I'm looking at today is not a bunch of random faces and a bunch of ugly Christmas sweaters. It is those things, right? This is the family of God and the house of God to worship and meet with our God who has come to us because we can't get to Him. That's the beauty of the church, the local church, the body of Christ globally. It's the beauty of the gospel, and that's what we're going to talk about today. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Luke chapter number 2, verse number 8 today. The gospel of Luke chapter number 2. Chapter number 2. Gospel of Luke chapter number 2. This morning I'm going to read verses 8 down through 20 and, and uh, read it and we'll pray and and ask the Lord to guide us and help us today, but we're going to be looking, last week we dealt with just the passage before, the gospel and the manger. Now today we're going to be looking at the gospel and the messengers. Today, all that has taken place up here has been worshipful and, and, and wonderful and, and so thankful for that. But it has presented a message, and one clear message, and, and I'm praying that this does the same, and that even our fellowship will do the same, and even when we go home, it'll do the same, and that even when we come back and sing Christmas carols to, to the nursing home, it'll do the same, that one message, and that is the gospel message, and that we are called as well to be the messengers of that message. There is no greater message to tell, there is no greater news to tell, that not just here at Christmas, not just at Easter, but every moment, every hour, every day, the truth and the power, the saving power of the gospel. Look here, verse uh, number 8. Luke chapter number 2, verse 8 says, And they were in the same country, shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch with their flock by night. We just heard that. <laughs> and lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them. And they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. Ye shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. And it came to pass, as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, Let us now go even unto Bethlehem and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. When they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning the child. And all they that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. And Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, 
glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told unto them. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, I thank You for this time. I thank You for the reading of Your Word, for the songs that have been sung this morning, Lord, for the specials. And, and Lord, for, for the beauty of the Gospel that has been proclaimed already, as well as the design of what You've called for us to do to live as a united family of You, as, as a part of Your body. And, and Lord, for so many members already this morning who have contributed uh, to, to this service, who have, who have played, who have sung, who have, who have helped, who have uh, amened, and who have done sound, who have done security, who have opened and closed, who have turned on lights. Uh, so many wonderful things that have taken place where people who have gathered for one purpose, and the purpose is the Gospel. I pray that right now, God, that in, in my own heart, in my own mind, and that everyone today that is here before me, and before Your Word, God, that we would have our hearts and minds cleared of any, any sin, any distractions, and God, that You would be the forefront and the focus of all things, Lord, so that You might receive the glory today at the work that You're going to do, and the work that You're doing even now, in the hearts that are here today. Lord, we love and we thank You in Jesus' name. Amen. The Gospel and the Messengers. The first thing I want us to look at is verse 8 down through 14, the first portion of 14, is the priority of the Gospel. There is nothing that we must prioritize more than the good news of Jesus Christ. And in case you want to know what the good news is, it is that you and I were born dead in sins and trespasses. We cannot get to God. We cannot climb to God. We cannot make a tower to get to God. We cannot be good enough to get to God. We cannot pay enough money to get to God. We cannot go to church services enough to get to God. We couldn't come to enough beautiful Christmas services enough to get to God, nor enough potlucks, nor serve Him enough to get to God because all of our righteousness is as filthy rags. There is none righteous, no, not one. However, the good news of the Gospel is this, that there is a gift, and that gift is the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the gift who has come, and He's not wrapped in, in paper. He's not wrapped with a bow. He's wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And one day He would be wrapped on a cross with the very wrath of God for your sins and my sins to pay the price that you and I could not pay to make a way when there was no way, to then go into the grave, and then on that third and glorious day to raise again victorious over hell, death, and the grave, to conquer your sin, to conquer Satan, to defeat all of our foes, and to offer eternal life to all who would repent and believe today. Today, that free gift of salvation is being offered today. It is before you. It is unto all people. It is offered to all people that are here today that all you must do to receive this gift is not to try to be good enough. It's not to try real hard. It's to simply say yes to Christ. It's to simply say yes to Jesus. It's to simply say yes to what He has done for you and to uh, trust in Him alone for your salvation. And the good news of that gift is that you receive it and God will never take it back no matter what you do, no matter how far you slip, no matter how far gone you think you are. If you are in Christ, you are in Christ, signed, sealed, and one day we're going to be delivered from this flesh and be delivered uh, forevermore to be in His presence, never to worry about uh, trying to pay bills at Christmas or to scrounge up this or the busyness of all these things, or let alone our own sin. Uh, all will be peace and love and joy forever and forever. That's Christmas. That's what Christmas is supposed to be about. However, we make so much about everything else at Christmas, and we make so little of Christ. And today, I want us, not just here on this Christmas, but moving forward, that we would make so much of Christ that His presence would be felt here, as it was there on that beautiful night where He comes into the world. And the, the very hands that formed and fashioned the world now are being held by His virgin mother. The very one who had 
spoken the world into existence, the very one who would one day take those hands and would grow up and would outstretch them to die there in that night. It is truly just a silent, peaceful night, just a mother and her baby. And we know how silent moms and babies can be, right? <laughs> I don't know how silent truly that night was, but I do know it was a glorious night where God Himself had put on flesh and had come to sinful man who had made a way. There was no way. The priority of the Gospel here comes to the shepherds. The fact here that the King of Kings is born into the world and is not born in the palace of Jerusalem. He's not born in the temple. He's born in a, in a stall, if you will. He, he's born out in the middle of nothing. He's laid in a manger, a feeding trough. It, it's no place for a king, yet that's where the, the King of the universe is laying on that night. Here the Gospel first is proclaimed not to, not to anyone sitting in charge there in Jerusalem. It doesn't come to the religious elite of the Sanhedrin. It doesn't come to the priests and the scribes. It doesn't come to uh, all the ones who have all the money or all the prestige or all the religion that they could possibly muster up, nor to the ones who do all the good works of Israel. Rather, it comes to shepherds. God's grace and the Gospel come to the humble, the lowly, and the outcast. And if you're like me today, you're probably one of those three. Right? You were, it, we're nothing. We're no one. There will be no one that will know our names except for on a, on a headstone one day. One day we will, we will die and be forgotten, but if we know Christ, then it don't matter. What matters is not that we are known or our name is known, but that the Gospel is known, that Christ is known. Now here these shepherds truly were outcasts of society. They were a lower and despised class of people in Israel. Specifically, the Orthodox believers looked down upon them. They were considered two things. One, they were considered untrustworthy. And that's where the Gospel, the greatest message comes to, that's where it goes first. The Gospel doesn't come to the greatest orders of the day. It doesn't come to the scribes and the priests who are learned of the Bible and of all of these things and can tell you all this stuff. Rather, it comes to shepherds who aren't even considered trustworthy. And that's what God does. God does what you and I would consider to be unthinkable, unimaginable, because God is God alone, and His ways are not our ways. They were untrustworthy, considered that they could not give an account legally in a court of law and have it be trustworthy. So, if you were a shepherd, you never got jury duty, right? Hey, amen, right? Good time to be a shepherd, right? Not only were they untrustworthy, they were also considered to be unclean. The shepherds did not live in the palace. They didn't live in the temple. They didn't live in these beautiful cathedrals. They lived out in the wilderness with their sheep. They lived out there in the middle of it all. And as a matter of fact, the uncleanness of them, specifically, ceremonially, they were unable to keep many of the details of the ceremonial cleansing and washings and regulations that the Orthodox Jewish people were, were supposed to do. They were rough and, and, and tough and rugged and all that stuff. I mean, they, they were manly, burly. They probably had beards bigger and scruffier than mine, right? They, they had rough hands. They lived out in, in it all. And they were considered to be unclean, untrustworthy. And God says, that's the people I'm going to send the gospel to. I want you to know today, you are not so far, not so outcast that God does not see you. God sees your heart. He sees right where you are today. You are not so far gone that God does not desire for you to come unto Him. As a matter of fact, you're the one today. You today that are here today, you are the one that Christ says, come to. He says, come unto Me. If you're here today, this is for you. 
Christ says, come to Me. Now notice this as well. It says, they're in the same country. These were in the same country. You say, well, Israel, of course. Right? The whole country, right? It's more of the idea of they're in the same vicinity, the same general area. They're, they're literally outside of, of Bethlehem. It says, keeping watch over their flock by night. Now these Bethlehem shepherds are watching their flocks the same night of the coming Messiah. God has no accidents. Matter of fact, God saw where these shepherds would be. He knew how many sheep they would have. He knew how many shepherds there would be on this night that He would send His Son into the world. He knew long before even He said, Hey Mary, guess what? You're going to have a baby. right? He knew long before He even spoke and said, Let there be light. He knew this moment and this time. And I want you to know that it doesn't just go and stop there on Christmas night that God knows in advance these things. God knew that you would be here today. This is why I firmly believe that if you have spent time in prayer, prepared your heart to come, that God will bless you. God will give you what you need today if you come with a heart willing to receive exactly what God gives. God has something for all of us as we gather here today. It's not just for so-and-so or so-and-so. It is for us. We're all the whosoever's today. Now, the same country here, this is very interesting. As Barclay writes, he says, but these were in all likelihood very special shepherds. You would say, well, what's so special about these shepherds? Well, let's look at this. We have already seen how in the temple, morning and evening, an unblemished lamb was offered as a sacrifice to God. To see that the supply of perfect offerings was, able, was always available to the temple authorities had their own private sheep flocks. And we know that these flocks were pastured near Bethlehem. It is most likely that these shepherds were in charge of the flocks from which the temple offerings were chosen. It is a lovely thought that the shepherds who looked after the temple lambs were the first to see the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is something beautiful that we often don't see in just the plain black and white, but when we look a little bit into historically what was taking place is, by the way, in case you're wondering where Jerusalem and Bethlehem are, it's about a five-mile difference. All right, And so here these shepherds more than likely are literally keeping watch over the flocks that are going to be used in temple sacrifice. And they're about to be shown the greatest lamb that is ever going to come. The lamb of God who comes to take away the sins of the world. He's not going to be Jesus, by the way, was crucified once. He has once suffered for the sins of many. He has once suffered. He has once bled and died to once rise again, to offer eternal life to us. Jesus did not have to go and suffer over and over and over again. No, He is the pure and perfect final and complete sacrifice. And from springtime to autumn time, these sheep and the shepherds would literally be out in the open fields. The weather was, was nice, I guess, that time of year. The shepherds were carefully watching over them. As a good shepherd would do, they're going to make sure that they got food to eat, water to drink, and that they're safe. And here, what God is doing is a wonderful picture. Here on that night, as we're about to see that these Shepherds are about to receive the greatest news. They're the ones that are considered untrustworthy. They're the ones that are considered unclean. And God says, no, you guys are the ones. I will reveal this to you first. You are the ones that I will show. You shepherds, here's the good shepherd. You shepherds who are taking care of these sheep and lambs, here's my lamb. This is what God does. The good shepherd is being offered to these lowly shepherds. And the Lamb of God is being provided not for the temple, but rather for the cross. The full and final sacrifice to be offered for the sins of the world so that all who would trust in Jesus, the Lamb of God, would be saved. 
There's no better time for that than right now. That God came. Christ has come. This Christmas time to show us as we talk about it, as we reflect on what Jesus has done in His coming, is that He didn't just come so that we would decorate and have pretty things and sing pretty carols, but He came to ultimately die, to be slaughtered as that sacrificial lamb for us. But as well, only Christ, only God Himself can be both the shepherd and the lamb. Only God Himself can be the, the priest and the sacrifice. That is Jesus Christ. Now it says, And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. Here, an angel of the Lord comes. And the word angel here, we believe this is a literal angel, but angels also use as, as a messenger. The angel comes as a preacher to these shepherds that say, Hey, listen up, guys. This is great. But notice what happens first. It says, And the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord, not the glory of the angel, all right? The glory of the Lord. The glory of the Lord. That's the key difference. There are many who would say that they've seen angels or all this. There's a difference here, all right? Here what's taking place. It's not about the angel. It's not about how pretty they are or what they look like or any of those things. It's about the glory of the Lord. It says, The glory of the Lord shone round about them. And they were so afraid. The glory of God ultimately brings glory to God. The glory of God in heaven, of heaven, is now seen here in the giving of His Son, Jesus Christ. All of heaven's glory, lying in a manger, wrapped in swaddling clothes. Here, the glory of the Lord has absolutely shone around them. And look at the response. They were so afraid. Right? If this, just, if this back wall opened up right now, and then boom, bursting light, the glory of the Lord, there's going to be some fear in here. Y'all getting up and running, right? We're, we're out of here. Forget the ham and the potatoes. We're out, right? We're gone. We're, we're afraid. Because there is a holy fear of God. You see, it, when the glory of the Lord comes, there is something that, that truly will change you. And it changes shepherds. Here, these shepherds were not clean enough to go to church. The shepherds were clean enough to go to synagogue or temple, but they were clean enough that God said, I'm going to show you my glory, but I'm not going to leave you how you are. I'm going to use you. I'm going to change you. I'm going to do great things in your heart, but not because of who you are, but because of who I am. And that's the same message that God is offering to us today. There is nothing more glorious than the gospel that is about to be proclaimed by this messenger because they were so afraid. And look, the first thing the angel says to them, fear not. Oh, whew, what a relief, right? Here I was, scared to death, shaking in my boots, my shepherd's staff shaken away. And you say, fear not. Oh, I'm good to go now, right? The fear is gone. But look what happens. Just fear not, behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. Is Christmas a joy-filled time? For some of us, right? Based on that response, we're not sure, are we? We should maybe tell our faces, Christ has come and He came for you. Joy to the world, we often sing. I want you to know, it's not just joy to the world for a song. It's joy to the world for your heart. It's that we, when we trust Christ, that we should have that joy. We should have that peace. It, we have the same message of the Gospel spoken to us that there is no more fear, but there is now faith. 
Where there was fear, there is faith. Where we were outcasts, we are now accepted before a holy God. Experiencing the glory of God as well brings fear, but then it will bring faith. As we can see, there's a couple of uh, times in Luke chapter 1 that this happens. For sake of time today, I won't do it because that's a whole other Christmas message or two. Well, what happens, you can go back in Luke chapter 1, verse 11 to 14, you can see Zacharias has the, the fear of the Lord and falls down and literally trembles. And then even uh, Mary has the, the similar instance. The beauty of the Gospel, where there is fear, faith then comes. Fear not. Behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy. The Gospel, the death, burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ today, that salvation is being offered to you today so that fear would be cast out, anxiety would be cast out, your sin would be cast out, so that all of who you were would be cast out and that joy would come instead. That, that emptiness inside your heart this Christmas or, or today or whatever, whenever, that joy and peace would come. The Gospel breaks the chains of fear and doubt and of sin. And now there's, there's no more fear. There's faith only. The Gospel given here to, to glory, glorify God. He says, For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. What a beautiful message here. The, the message is not just, hey, don't be afraid. I'm bringing you some good news. But verse 11 then is the good news. For unto you... You know what unto you means? To you, for you, on your behalf, towards you, on your account. That Jesus has come to you. The good news that the angel brings is to you today. That the Savior is born. A Savior is born. Not just a Savior. Not just some sort of political Messiah. As a matter of fact, that's not what Jesus came for. Jesus didn't come just to make things a little bit easier in Bethlehem or in Jerusalem or in Israel. He came to set the captive free. He came to set you free from your sin, from the chains which bind you. That's why He came. He came to seek and to save that which was lost. But notice the titles given here. First of all, Savior. He came to save. This was also foretold to Mary. Call Him Jesus because He's going to be the Savior of His people. That's literally that whole idea of the name Jesus goes back to even a Hebrew of Joshua or Yeshua. It means a, a, a salvation has come or a Savior. It, it, here and we find not just a Savior, but which is Christ the Lord. Christ is the word Messiah. It is a title. It means the anointed one of God. He says not just he is he the anointed one of God, but he is God. He is the Lord. He's not just sent from God. He is God. And that's the difference between salvation and not salvation. You either believe that Christ is God or that He's not. And to believe that He's not is to deny the Scripture, it's to deny the truth, and it is to accept yourself and your sin. It is not to run to Christ. Rather, to look here, we see and we, we find clearly that He is the Savior to set us free. He is the Anointed One of God, sent from God because He is God. He is the Lord. The word Lord means it is the idea of a sovereign king, a sovereign ruler. This is who He is. He is not just Christ. He is not just your Savior. But He is Lord. I'd wonder today if there are those who would say, oh yeah, well, you know, Jesus is a Savior. But let me ask you, is He the Lord of your life? 
We've thought and done an awful lot of things at Christmas time already. Right? We've thought about what ugly Christmas sweater to wear because we got 30 of them. We've thought about what ugly Christmas ties to wear because we got... Actually, it's my only ugly Christmas ties. <laughs> I'm good there, right? We've thought about gifts. We've thought about get-togethers. We've thought about food. We've thought about all the business and everything else. When's the last time we just sat down and thought about Christmas lying in a manger, being Christ, the Anointed One, the Messiah, the Savior, who is also the Lord God, the King over my life? Unfortunately, what happens from about, I don't know, the day after Thanksgiving on Black Friday to the end of December, or at least to Christmas morning, all that we care about is certainly, unfortunately, not always the right thing. It becomes about everything else and we just sprinkle Christ into Christmas. Christ is not to be sprinkled into Christmas like a garnish. He is the dish. He is everything. Christmas is about Christ. You know what, you know what the day after Christmas is also about? Christ. You know what New Year's is about? Christ. You know what President's Day and Flag Day is <laughs> Every day is about Christ. That He has come. And look what happens. It says, And this shall be a sign to you, shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And then suddenly there was with the angel multitude of the heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. What a good news message that is. Now we get over here in verse 14, second portion. I want us to look at the peace of the gospel. Unless God comes, and unless God comes this way, and unless Jesus is born of a virgin, and unless Jesus is, is fully God, fully man, unless Jesus uh, would not keep the law, or unless Jesus raises up, unless Jesus lives a perfect sinless life to die on the cross, we would have no peace with God. Today, what everyone is looking for, the perfect gift this Christmas is not a gift card, right? You'd love to give peace, but guess what? We can't give peace to the world. We can't even barely sometimes find peace for our own hearts. But you know who can? Jesus. That is what He has come to do, to offer us peace. First of all, peace with God. Peace with God is the greatest need for fallen man. You will not have peace with man unless you first have peace with God. You will not have peace with yourself unless you first have peace with God. You must have peace with God, but guess what? You cannot make peace on your own. Instead, all that you and I can do is wave the white flag of surrender to what Christ has done for us. I want to take you to Colossians chapter 1, verse 20. It says this. If you don't turn there, that's okay. I'm going to do it for you, all right? Colossians chapter 1, verse 20 says, And having made peace through the blood of His cross, by Him to reconcile all things unto Himself, by Him I say, whether it be things in earth or things in heaven. We need to be reconciled unto God. It is only through the shed blood of Jesus, it is only through the cross that you can have peace. It is only through the, the wrath and the, even the war that is made upon Christ the Son as He becomes sin, as He who knew no sin really becomes sin. He becomes your filth. He becomes your wickedness. He becomes your unrighteousness. And in that moment, of your salvation, He also becomes your peace. There, that cross has to happen because it's only through that cross that you and I could have peace this Christmas. Everyone wants it. And here, the Prince of Peace, as promised, has come. and He offers peace. Offers it through His blood. And what happens here is a, 
A whole time of glory is proclaimed of God. And, and as one author puts it, let God have all the glory so we may have the peace. That's what we need the most. God gets the glory, we get the peace. It's a great deal. In verses 15 to 17, we find that the proclaiming of the gospel that takes place here, the angels have already proclaimed it, but now it's the shepherd's turn. Verse 15, it says, And it came to pass as the angels were gone away from them into heaven. You know what that means? They went back to heaven, all right? And it says, The shepherds said one to another, Let us now go even unto Bethlehem and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. They're literally out in the field outside of Bethlehem. They say, Well, let's go find this baby. Let's go find the Savior, the Christ, the Lord that is born today. They're going, flocks are good. We need to go find We need. We got our sheep over here. We see, we've counted them two, three times, right? But we need to go find the Lamb of God. That's what Christmas is about today. My hope and my prayer all week long has been that someone today, even someone who is saved today, would rediscover that Lamb today. Would rediscover the Lamb of God. And it's only through the gospel. Look at this. First of all, they proclaim the gospel to themselves, amongst themselves. Long before they go out and they start crying out to the streets, a Savior's born, a Savior's born. You know what they do? They speak to their own hearts and they speak to each other that the Savior is born. They're going literally, did you hear? Do you hear what I hear? <laughs> did you see what I see? Right? Have you heard what I heard? The Savior is born. And they say to each other, let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. They know in that instant, in that moment, it's not about what the angel is or anything. It's about God and God's message. And that that message came to them. The untrustworthy, the unworthy, the unclean. That's who this gospel has come to today. And I would say, looking around today, regardless of how highly you think of yourself, you are that today. We are untrustworthy because of our sinful nature. We are unworthy because we're unholy. We are unrighteous. We're unclean. God has come to bring this message to your heart today. To be born again. They proclaim it to themselves, but then look what happens. It says that they go and they proclaim it. Publicly, they came in haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. When they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning the child. Here comes these untrustworthy people, unclean shepherds, going through the town. I don't know if they're like Paul Revere knocking on doors, riding on horseback. I don't know what they're doing. They might have saddled up those sheep and, and going through town, but they're going, a Savior is born! A Savior is born! Is there a greater message for the town of Bethlehem that night? Is there a greater message for the town of Hillsville today? No. The greatest message there ever has been is that this Messiah has come. And look at how they go about this. There is some urgency. There's urgency in their own heart. Let us go. We need to go see the Savior. He's born. i got to get to Jesus. But there's urgency. Let us go now. And they came with haste to find Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. Look at this. Haste. I'm afraid that so often, around the holidays and Christmas, we're very quick to go do everything else. We're very quick maybe even to say Merry Christmas, but we're not very quick to say what Christmas is about. We're not very urgent in our proclaiming of the Gospel. We're not very urgent in our proclaiming it even to our own heart because I want you to know this, 
before you even step outside of your door and you go and you start knocking on doors and saying a Savior's born, a Savior's born, I got to tell you about Jesus, you got to wake up in the morning and you got to preach that to your own heart. Right now, because the moment that you wake up, the devil's already come with a message and he's already said that morning, the moment you wake up, you're not good enough, you're unworthy. He's already told them the same thing that everyone else in the town might have even told the shepherds. You're untrustworthy. You're unworthy. You're unclean. You're unrighteous. You're no good. Why do I got to listen to you? But you know what Christ does? Is he says, hey, you were unworthy, but I've made you worthy, not because of who you are, but because of what I have done. Because of my son Jesus. And here we must preach the gospel to ourselves and we must go urgently. And what this wonderful passage shows us is that anyone who is anybody, though from the lowest of the low to the highest of the high of people, groups and classes and in all walks of life, that by God's grace, anybody can be used. You want evidence? Look around. Look up here. God uses despised, humble, lowly, unclean, untrustworthy, downrotten shepherds. And he uses tax collectors who are despised. He uses people who used to be demon-possessed, used to be drunks and prostitutes. He uses people who used to be far from God. He, used, he uses people who used to hate God and mock God and mock the people of God. He uses people that's got tattoos and don't look like us because of the color of their skin. God uses people that, that don't even come from backgrounds like us or maybe even uh, don't have the same translation of Bible. He uses people, that, he uses people that, that don't even maybe sing the same way we do. He uses people of all walks of life. That's why heaven is going to be so great. Not because heaven looks like me and looks like you, but because it looks like who God bled and died for to save. That's Christmas. And God says, I'll use anybody. Anybody who's willing. Anybody who's willing to come. Anybody who's willing to say, I'm just a shepherd. I'm untrustworthy. I'm not clean. But God has given me this message. God has changed my heart, so I've got to tell somebody. I wonder. Our hearts come Christmas morning might be full because we got what we were hoping for or what we wrote Santa Claus about. But I wonder if your heart would be full because you know Christ and it's so full that you've got to tell somebody. And it's so full that you say, God, pour me out and fill me up again. That's the Christian life. That's the Christian walk. They proclaim. It's the first evangelist. And, and look at the response. The pondering of the Gospel takes place here and as it should be right now in your own heart. Verse 18, And all they that heard it wondered. First of all, they might be wondering, is it true? You know, a shepherd said it. I don't know. But they're pondering and wondering these things in their heart because they've heard the stories, they've heard the Scripture, they've heard all these things and in the same way that many today have heard, Jesus is coming back, Jesus is coming back, Jesus is coming back, but many still deny, many still go, I don't know. Ain't happened yet. Many that day probably will have could have been saying, Well, I don't know if it's really the Messiah or not. I we've heard that before, right? Everybody says their kid's the best looking kid or they're a good kid, right? I don't know if this one's the Messiah. Oh, he certainly was. They wondered at those things which are told of them by the shepherds, and look then in verse 19, Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. See, the gospel is absolutely astonishing. The word wondered that is used in verse 18. 
means to marvel, to be astonished, to be amazed by. I would wonder today, in my own heart and as well as yours today, especially those of us who have been saved for umpteen years and we've started to grow a little cold maybe towards Christmas. We've grown cold to the Gospel. We've grown cold to things that we shouldn't grow cold to. I would wonder if we have any more wonder left for the Gospel. That God would save me, the wretch that I am. That God would save you, the wretch that you are. That God would save any of us. Have we stopped and been amazed and astonished at the good news of the Gospel? We'll stop and be astonished at how the the little lights twinkle. and We'll be astonished and, and wonder, man, how'd they get up on the roof and put all those lights up there? But very little time do we sit and ponder in our amazement for what Christ has done for us. And Mary ponders. The word ponder here is to think deeply about, to try to grasp the true sense. You know, sometimes I think that the Grinch who stole Christmas thought more about what Christmas is about than you and I do. He sat long and hard and thought and thought and thought. and He eventually got it right, didn't he? And many of us will go through all the business of Christmas without ever giving a thought about Jesus. We'll give plenty of thoughts about everything else about Christmas, but never think and ponder the true meaning. Not just that Christ has come, but what He came for and who He came for. That's the beauty. Mary seems even to maybe have a deeper understanding of the magnitude of who Jesus, her Son, is and, and will be. Savior and Lord. He didn't just become Savior and become Lord. He didn't become God. He always has been those things and always will be those things. But look at what happens the response of this. And this is what I hope that we have today. The praise of the Gospel. It says in verse number 20, and the shepherds returned. And they could have went back to their fields and they could have sat quietly and thought. They could have just went back and said, all right, well, we got choring to do. Instead, and the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God. They weren't just praising. They weren't just glorifying. They're glorifying and praising, right? Both. The whole shebang. They're having a, a, a fit. They're having revival at the manger. They're having revival at Christmas, and there's no reason why we can't have that. Glorifying and praising God. And notice, it says, for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told unto them. They have heard the message from the angels. They heard the gospel from the angels. The Savior is born who is Christ the Lord. They've heard the gospel. And then, they have the privilege to go see the one in that manger who had made them, who had come to be the good shepherd as well as the lamb for them. They had the privilege not just to hear the gospel, but to see it. My prayer is that today, while I might not be able to visibly show you much, that you would hear, and that your heart would hear. And even that the eyes of your heart would be open to see all around Everything that is pointing to Christ. That the same message that is on those little ornaments, that a a Savior is born, who is Christ the Lord. 
If there was this much praise for His coming, how much more then should we praise Him for His death, burial, and resurrection and His soon and imminent return? I believe if those shepherds who were untrustworthy, unclean, could praise God and be used of God in the way that they were, so can all of us. Because I'm looking at untrustworthy, unclean rednecks. Ain't much different from shepherds. At least in the eyes of the world. But God has come today to give us the good news of the Gospel. Have you trusted in this message first of all? Do you know, not just about the story, not just about the account rather, but do you know this same Jesus? Has your heart bowed to Him and trusted Him as Christ and Lord of your life? If not today, the answer is not going to be found in try real hard or there's always next year. It's simply come. Much, much like these shepherds, come and see what's come to pass. Come and hear what the messenger says. Come and see Christ. And be saved today. And then for those of us who have been saved for quite some time, I ask you, do you have a heart full of glorifying and praising to God? I hope so. I hope so for my own heart. I hope so for yours too. Because I want you to know the same way the angel said, I bring you good tidings of great joy. That there's peace that has come to us. I want to ask you as well. You checked all the boxes so far. You're, you're saved. You're trusting Christ. And, and maybe you haven't grown cold in your praise and glorifying to God. Well, great job. That's good. But there's still a response and a call for you too. Who have you told about Christ this Christmas? Who have I told? Who have we shared our faith with? Who have we told the good news that a Savior is born, which is Christ the Lord? And you must be born again. Come and experience the joy and the peace that is found in Christ. Who have we shared that with? Who in the next six days must we share it with? I believe we already know the answer. I believe the first start, the first step in this, is going to be found that we might make some haste. We might make some haste in running to Christ today. This old-fashioned altar gathered around to, to pray and to glorify God if all's right in your heart and you're doing all, all the right things. Great, come praise God anyways. Maybe if you need to be saved, come make haste even now. Make haste to Christ. Run to Him. He's not going to run away. He's not going to cast you out if you run into Him right now. No. He will in no wise cast any out. Come to Christ. Today, as we bring this all to a close, be in our hearts that we might be able to say glory to God in the highest. Peace on earth, goodwill toward men. May we be able to say glory to God in the highest. That Christ, our Savior, the Lord, has come. Let's all stand this morning. If there's a need in your heart today, would you come and give it to Jesus? Would you come to the same Jesus who desires, who has come to you, 
who has come to us to offer us salvation, would you come today? As the piano plays, this altar's open. Lord, we love you and we thank you for this time. I pray that you would work in hearts and help us now to praise you once more. In Christ's name, amen. Is there a final song? You're already standing, so I don't have to ask you to stand. Luke 2 9 says, An angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them. It came upon the midnight clear. It
There we go. All right. Here's how we're going to do this thing. All right. I said it earlier, but we'll try it again. I told the ladies I'd promise to try to get us all to follow instructions and stuff. All right. So we know how that goes. It's like herding cats. So uh, <laughs> anyways, if you love cats, I'm sorry. Okay. It's, it's just a joke. It's okay. <laughs> anyways, this morning, let's pray. Make sure you thank you guys all for bringing food, participating in this. I hope you have a great time of fellowship in there. I want to remind you as well uh, tonight. Uh, if you want to go Christmas caroling, you can either meet us down at Commonwealth or you can meet here at 530. We'll take the van over to get checked in and everything. Um, but I'm going to pray for us, bless the food, and we want to go out that way, all right? So that, that side, that door doesn't even exist. It's not there no more, all right? That side. Go that way, and they got two lines going, and you can help yourself. There's food, there's drinks. They've got it all ready and together. Enjoy uh, this time, and uh, make sure you... Uh, say thanks. We want to try to get our older folks to be able to go first. Whoever your older folks are, you can figure out who that is. Argue amongst yourselves. You'll find your way there. Um, but we'll have a good time. And uh, thank you all for, for coming and being a part of this today. Uh, but let us pray. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. Thank you for the service that we've gotten to have today, God, that you could be glorified and present your word. And Lord, that we could sing praises to you. God, I pray that now you would help our hearts to to go like those shepherds, to glorify and to praise you as we go about our day and as well as we go into this time of fellowship, Lord, may it be sweet. We do pray for this food, that you would uh, bless it for the nourishment of our bodies and our bodies for your service, Lord, that you would uh, bless the many hands that have prepared and for the many hands as well who have, who have uh, done so much hard work uh, to make everything ready. God, I pray that you would bless them, bless this time and this fellowship, and Lord, that you would be glorified in all things. We love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Y'all are dismissed. Take off running.
Hey, you ain't going to stay for the meal? No. Okay, they have wonderful food. <laughs>